Hey, welcome back to It's Debs Are Live, and happy New Year's Eve. Is that a thing? Yeah, I guess it's New Year's Eve, I think, and then there's New Year's. My kids tell me there's New Year's Eve, Eve. And so, yeah, anyway, but we're glad you're listening. And, you know, it's interesting. There's You probably have new listeners because, you know, New Year's Eve, maybe you're out doing something in your garage or maybe. But you can listen to every episode of Ed Stetzer Live if you go to edstetzerlive.com. You can subscribe to the Moody Radio app. You can subscribe to this uh, radio show as a podcast and more. So we'd love to have you do that as well. So, again, I'm Ed Stetzer. I'm the executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center on sabbatical at the moment. Uh, and uh, but, but right now I'm finishing up a couple of books um, and moving to California, oddly. So I'll be, uh, as of next week, I'll be serving at, uh, as the scholar-in-residence at Mariner's Church. Uh, and while I continue to write some books and finish my sabbatical and have the privilege of being your radio host this and every Saturday. But if we're in Southern California in January, it seemed like a good geographic choice as someone who lives in Chicago in January. Another story for another day. But anyway, uh, that being said, we if you've been listening to the show regularly, which I'm sure that you do, um, you know that two weeks ago we actually had Josh Laxton on and we were talking about the uh, reading the Bible and it was like kind of a devotional uh, geared towards men and uh, and encouraging men to start reading the Bible and engaging the Bible. And then, of course, we had Tim Larson last week. He literally wrote the book on Christmas, the Oxford Handbook for Christmas. And again, you can you can listen to those uh, later on as well. Uh, just, you know, download the podcast. You can listen all different kinds of ways. Uh, and then, but really, I, I've kind of been leading up to, and, and I've mentioned this several times, I've been leading up to uh, having Trillia Newbell on. Now, Trillia is is a, is a friend of, of many years and does uh, does great work uh, writing, speaking, and more. We've spoken together, read her books, or shared her books. And, um, and she's also now connected with us at, at Moody and at Moody Publishing has published a new book called 52 Weeks in the Word that Trillia wrote. Well, let me introduce Trillia formally. So Trillia Newell is the author of several books, including 52 Weeks in the Word. Uh, another book is called A Great Cloud of Witnesses, another Sacred Endurance, and a number of children's books, which I think is kind of cool. When she isn't writing, she's encouraging and supporting other writers as an acquisitions director at Moody Publishers. And she's married to her best friend, Thern. They reside with their two children near Nashville, Tennessee, which is how I knew when I knew when we lived in Nashville. So, but anyway, Trillia, so good to have you back on the program. You're sort of this is just still within the Moody family. So, welcome to the other part of the family, the Moody Radio side. It is an absolute joy to be here on the the mood the other side of the <laughs> pond, as <Yeah>. you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you go to the Chicago headquarters, you know there's like Moody Radio has a section of building, and then Moody Publishing, and and uh, and then the school Moody Bible Institute. So it's amazing all that this ministry is, and uh, and been yes. neat to kind of live close and see some of that. Okay, so um, you've written this book. It's for it's for men and women, young people. It's for if for everybody who may be interested. And you don't necessarily know how much I've been talking about having you on the program the last few weeks because I really. I've just been burdened. I, I read recently the State of Theology report that Lifeway Research and uh, Ligonier Ministries put out. And in 2016, I helped create that study, and then it's been hmm. tracking every couple of years. And it's fascinating. The last few years, we've just shifted in the wrong direction, uh, professing evangelicals, professing Christians. And there's really, I, I think in part, a dearth of Bible engagement. And uh, a lot of people now, now, again, your book is 52 weeks. It's not like January 1 to December 31st, 52 weeks, but, but tomorrow, 
is January 1. So it to me, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but I don't think I am, who thinks a new year, a new start, some new healthy habits. And so I really, like I said, I've been talking about this for weeks on the program. Very excited to have you on because I want to talk about reading the Word of God. And just start with the question, what led you to write this 52 weeks in the Word? Well, you named some of those things. Um, I, too, have a burden to see people engage in the Word, but also know the Lord. And yeah. to know Him um, deeply, you you really ought to be in the Word. And so what led me to write it was a few things. First, the research and understanding that there are so many people who have and own Bibles, but are not engaging, reading, um, communing, meditating on the Word of God. And I wanted to provide a resource that would help be a companion. That's the the whole title is 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. So I wanted to provide something that would be a guide, a companion, a cheerleader to keep people in the Word. Another reason is that I write Bible studies. <clears throat> and as I was writing my Bible studies, I realized that one of the feedbacks that I would receive from those who were studying the Bible um, was that they were having such a hard time reading. So they wanted to fill in the text or f open, answer the questions, maybe do even the cross-references, which we can talk about the difference between reading and studying in a minute. But they, it was hard for them to, to then go and read long passages. Our attention span maybe has, has, has weakened. I'm not really sure, but that was some of the pain points was um, not studying, but reading. And so I thought, you know, maybe what I need to do is, I'm, I'm still writing Bible studies, but help people learn the art of just reading, getting a comp comprehending, a comprehensive understanding of the whole storyline of the scriptures so that we can study better. So those are a few reasons that I really wanted to write this. Um, it's it's this guide, this companion, this devotional, if you want, will. Um, and I, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And it's interesting. You do, it's called, you call it a companion. I've got it open here. And it is interesting. You also put the estimated reading time through books of the Bible, which is fascinating. So I really relate to, um, I've, met, I've had to make a personal change. So I, I love to study the Bible because I probably, I'm partly because I preach and teach it. But what I, uh, what I had to do is I actually had to stop reading the Bible in a Bible with footnotes. So I read the Bible in what you might call like a pew Bible, but it's 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 no footnotes, no cross-references, because I, I want to go to the cross-references too much. And I, so I'm yeah. just trying to read the Bible for reading the Bible. Now, uh, the way your companion works is you've kind of, you've got, you're reading through the Bible in a, in a year. And again, it doesn't have to be a year, but what a great time to start. Like, you know, and so, and then you have them read. Uh, I'm looking at here where it says, read Genesis 1 through 4, and there are things to consider. What do you learn about God and his character? Where is Jesus in these chapters? Where you see the gospel? How might you apply these verses to your life? So you're, you're, bringing people to the text to read through the Bible in clearly what would be a year time. Uh, and But you're helping to do so. It's like a helper's guide to that. So tell me a little bit how that works. Yes. So there's a Bible reading plan that you can use that takes you from Genesis to Revelation. And you're going to read maybe about three chapters or so a day. And it's a straight read through, which is a little different for people. 
It is not dated, though a lot of us are going to start January 1. I actually have a 52 weeks in the word challenge where there's a big old group of us, hundreds of us <laughs> that are starting in January together, but you can start anytime. And then you're, so you're going to read whatever I've assigned that day. And then as you read, Ed, I have some questions that will help kind of engage the heart and mind as you're reading. I, I want us to read, but I think active reading will help us understand what we're reading better. And so you can write some, some thoughts. Then there is a rest day. During that rest day, you can read one of my reflections. I wrote 52 reflections, or you can catch up on reading, or you can go back to something that you read and dive deeper. So that's a day to do either whatever you want, catching up, reading my reflection, or diving deeper into a text. And so so that's it in a nutshell. And, and what I am really glad about also, and I've... I've mentioned this a couple of times. The goal isn't a race. <laughs> so we're not trying to check off something and win a race. The goal is reading the word so that we can gain knowledge, so that we can grow in love with the Lord, so that we can grow in our understanding of what his word says. So if, for example, you read Leviticus, you get to the week where mm -hmm. I lay out Leviticus, you read it for a week, you decide, you know, my heart and mind could use some New Testament. <laughs> I need some gospel. You can skip to week 46, which I think is when Matthew begins, and read that week. So although the goal is for us to read through Genesis to Revelation, because I didn't put dates on there, it, there's some flexibility there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so that's the goal. The goal is to read through, and I've provided tools to help engage the heart and mind, and also um, to keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when you and I would say to you that this is probably the big challenge. I mean, we, we joke about Leviticus, but there's a reason. So, I mean, Genesis, we might remember if you went to church as a kid or I didn't go to church as a kid, but I kind of learned later. But if you uh, you are familiar with some of the stories as the Tower of Babel, you know, about, you know, you know, about these famous biblical characters like Abraham. Uh, by the time you get to Leviticus, and once you get to that skin diseases chapter, man, it, it, it doesn't feel like devotional reading much anymore. And so you you jumping around can be helpful, but I, I would remind people that all the Bible's inspired, the same level of yes. inspiration. It's all inspired by God. <laughs> it's all inerrant for his intents and purpose, for how he wants to work in our hearts and our lives. It's an inerrant, do inerrant document. So so it's, it's, it is a good, healthy spiritual exercise to read through the totality of the Bible. And you're obviously emphasizing that here, but helping people giving some some way stations along the way seems really helpful and important. Tell me why you structured it that way. Um, Yeah, I structured it a number of reasons. So why are you asking why did I stretch, structure it from yeah, Genesis why, to why, Revelation? Why, no, I mean, to follow Genesis, why did you structure like these wayposts? You have these weekly things and you're reflecting back on some of the things that people just read. Okay. Well, I, I do think that it's always good to, okay, there's two reasons. Let's be honest. I love teaching yeah. the Bible. <laughs> right, right. And sure. So, yeah. So, okay. One of the first reasons was I didn't want to not teach. I love to engage the heart and mind and soul and think through the text. And, and so I wanted to pause so that you could hear from me and and get a brain break and 
maybe there's some teaching or something you haven't thought of. And I, as I learned so much because I had to read through the whole text in about 90 days as I was writing this. And as I was writing and engaging in the word, my own heart was just being so fed. And I, I wanted to, to share what I was learning. And so that's one reason. And, and I can share more about it um, in yeah, our let's next do that, segment. I want, I, want, yeah, I want to hear yeah. more. Give us the opportunity to kind of weigh in a little bit more because I think it's helpful. And particularly on this New Year's Eve, tomorrow's opportunity for you to begin. If you go to edstetchalive.com, we'll give you more links on how to engage with Trillia in this ongoing reading project as well. Stay with us. Important conversation continues with Trillia Nubel. Politics brings more division than ever, and social media is moving many to be less social and more critical. Those with Christian views are also often being dismissed. Well, what if the rise of secularism, though, is good news for the church? Throughout history, these times of decline traditionally precede powerful spiritual renewal, even revival. You need to read Mark Sayer's book, Reappearing Church, The Hopeful Renewal in the Rise of Our Post-Christian Culture. Get a copy of Reappearing Church today at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back. Trillia Nubel is our guest. We're having a conversation about reading the Bible. If you've been listening to the show the last few weeks, which I'm sure all of you have, um, we've been talking about this leading up to this because, again, it's a good opportunity. 2023, the start of 2023, we're thinking of new things, new ways. I don't know. Maybe you've got some New Year's resolutions. Um, but this is one that maybe you've thought about before. You want to read through the Bible in a year. And there are different ways to do that. We're not saying that's the only way to do it. You could read a chapter a day. You could just start a five-minute reading a day. There's all kinds of Bible reading plans. We're thankful for, I mean, there's eight million of them on version. We're for you reading the Bible regularly. Trillia Newbell actually has a new resource called, just came out just a couple of months ago, called Introducing 52, it's, um, sorry, 52 Weeks in the Word. And it takes you through, introduces you to uh, each section with some things to think about, some things to pray about, and then a reflection from her. Just before the break, I asked her a little bit about why she structured it where it comes at the end of you know each of the week, and there's a kind of a reflection from Trulia. And the first reason was she explained she loved to teach the Bible, and then she was going to tell us some more. Trulia, tell us more. The other reason is that I wanted to be able to give people a, a, a break, a pause, and, and to reflect and to think about something that they maybe haven't thought of before. So so the reason is is there's no real magic bullet or I, I really wanted to serve and thought, okay, if I were reading through those scriptures and using someone else's guide, I'd like to see some, maybe there's something I've missed, or maybe there's something I, mm -hmm. else I can do or something I can think about. And that is really it, just a way to serve um, the readers as they're reading through the most important book, the Bible. Yeah, and I would say, too, I love how, I mean, the Moody Publishers, you know, I, I don't have to say nice things about Moody Publishers, um, but uh, they did a really good job. I love the, I love, it's beautiful the way you've, you got a place for reflection. People write their own things on day one, day two, day three of each week. Uh, there's art contained in through here. I love this. This is, this is really good. So lots of ways for people to engage the scriptures. And again, the reflections tie into what you've read that week, which which you'll need when you get to Leviticus. And you'll want to think through some of the 
the, the things that are there. But I want to encourage you, dear listeners, I really want to encourage you that um, don't be afraid of saying, I want to begin a Bible reading plan. And here's the great thing. If you, and I don't know, I don't, great, maybe the wrong word to use, but here's something that may be freeing for you. If you miss a week, God's not done with you. He's not yeah. mad at you. You can pick right back up. I don't know. And maybe <laughs> for me, truly, I find the ones where it's like they're dated. I find it a little harder because I get behind a week and then every day I come back to it, I see that I'm behind a week and I don't like that. So that's so I like the fact that this is, let's be, be honest, it might not take 52 weeks for me to get through your your whole resource. And I like that. It's freeing in in many ways. And I would say to people, read the Bible and don't let guilt for times of missing keep you from engaging the beauty of the scriptures. What exhortations would you add to that? Oh, yes. And amen is one exhortation <laughs> and agreement. Yeah. But yeah, so if we approach the word um, legalistically, which means if we approach the word thinking that we are going to earn favor before the Lord, if we do engage in his word, then then we're going to we're just setting ourselves up for failure and disappointment and condemnation. But that's not the point of Bible reading. We come because it's a it's a gift. We want to grow in our knowledge and understanding. The scriptures say, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey, right? Ba baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that he's commanded. We don't know what he's commanded if we're not in the word. And so there's, there's lots of motivations we want to abide in Jesus. We we are we want to grow in our love for him. His commandment is to love God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Well, if we're going to grow in our love for him in our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, we need to know him. So let those things motivate you to dive into his word, understanding that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you will not be, con you don't stand condemned for missing a day of Bible reading. And we, so we want to ask God to, to change our motivations, to give us a love for him that drives us towards him rather than a, a, a fear of, of, uh, or a condemnation or some kind of legalistic law adding to the scriptures. So, so that's my, my hope is that people would find that freedom, which is why I didn't put dates on here because I'm just like you, Ed, if the moment I put a date on anything, not anything, but with Bible reading, I find myself anxious <laughs> instead of going with freedom and enjoyment and grace. If I miss a day, I'm, I'm anxious to, and then I give up. And so yeah, I didn't totally. want people to give up. Just, just grab it, grab the Bible, grab wherever you left off and start again. Me too. I love that, that I'm not the only one who is that way. Cause what happens to me is, is like, so every day it points out that I'm two days behind and then yeah. I don't want to be two days behind. So I don't do it for a day. And I'm three days behind. Then I'm five days behind. Anyway, uh, maybe, you know, I'm just confessing all of my sin right here in this private <laughs> confessional with Trillian Bell and all of our listeners on all these stations. Okay. So, um, one of the things we've seen research too, is that, um, Americans tend to be, polls show us that they're fond of the Bible but ironically, they don't read the Bible. They kind of think it's a great book, but maybe not engaging it. Why do you think that is? There's a few reasons. I think one is apathy. We don't see our need for the Lord. Um, or we go to church on Sundays and we're fed the word and we think mm. that's enough to sustain us 
for the week. And we then we forget about the Lord. And so that kind of apathy will keep us from grabbing the scriptures. Another thing that I don't think we say enough, so I'm going to say it in, in hopes that it encourages and hopefully maybe even challenges us to think, um, we can be culturally good and spiritually dead. So we can know a whole lot about the Lord without knowing him. And if if we aren't, if we haven't fully submitted our lives to the Lord, if we haven't pro- professed faith and seen that fruit of it, we're not going to usually run to the one that we have said that we've submitted our lives to. So we need to evaluate, do we know him? Is that what's keeping me from running to the to the word? Not because, uh, and that's not a guilt thing. That's a, we want to ask our hearts the heart, that hard question. But I think also, and maybe the most Trump, the, the, the hardest part of, of our daily lives is that we're busy. And mm. so I think that probably is what keeps us from grabbing the scriptures almost more than anything is that the busyness of life keeps us from running to, to the Lord. We don't see either. We don't see our need for him or we find other things to, that just sucks our time away. And I, I've been guilty of that. I wake up in the morning I have a habit of drinking coffee. I am not going to miss that coffee, but I have grabbed my phone. And the next thing you know, I'm scrolling through something and it's 30 minutes and I've got to get dressed. And those are the kinds of things that can, that now that's not busyness. That's, (laughs) that's neglect, (laughs) but it's, it's the, there are these things that can happen that can keep us. So, so we've just got to evaluate what is it that's, that's keeping us from, and be honest, what is it that's, and that's, that's keeping us from grabbing our, the Bible and, and getting in his word. And I think we can all be honest and really evaluate our lives and our hearts and then ask him for strength and power and grace to run to him. We need God to run to God. (laughs) So we need to ask him for the help to do it. Yeah, so so good and so important for us, kind of what it means to to be someone who does that regularly. Something Rick Warren, um, I heard him say once, was that he suggested that you read the Bible last thing at night and leave it open to where you left it and then pick it up in the morning. Because I'm like you, I get started. I don't drink coffee because I think coffee's bitter water for bitter people, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. But <laughs> but I have my morning Diet Coke. Um but I love the idea that, you know, you'd go back to the word. That's right. We're going to get like mail over that comment. I know. I just, he's I, he's like, coffee. I'll have the aspartame over the. That's true. It's totally true. My <laughs> wife, my wife literally says that she's trying to get me to drink tea. And when we were over and we were living in the UK for the fall and we're, we're starting to have tea and that I, I could go tea, tea is a hot drink I can deal with, but coffee. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So. So we talked about this a little bit. I want to come back to it because, again, for me, I am naturally inclined to study the Bible. And I recognize everyone's wired differently, but I'm more inclined to study than to read. And I'm trying to emphasize the discipline of reading. So I'm reading the Bible without notes. You know, what you've lined up is very much the kind of thing I would do. But there are benefits to both. Can you take, we got about two minutes in this segment. Can you kind of take the difference between Bible reading and studying the Bible and talk about the benefits of both? Okay, two minutes. I'll do it. Um, okay, you can so... do. You can do one minute on one or two minutes on one, and then we come back. We got to tell us about it. There you go. Studying the Bible, you are going to dive deep. So some people use uh, maybe an inductive 
method. So you're going to observe, interpret, and apply, and you're going to cross-reference. You're diving deep, but you cannot do that without reading an example, Hebrews 11. If you're going to study the Hall of Fame of Faith and understand, truly understand why they had faith, you might be able to look up the Greek word or the about what it means to have faith. But if you don't read Moses' story, if you don't read, go back to the Old Testament and read Abraham and Enoch and Sarah, and you name them, you're not going to fully get the context of their faith. And that's why it's important to do both. Study, dive deep, cross-reference, but read to fully understand and get the context of what you're reading. Same thing applies to all the book of Hebrews, but also Jesus. Jesus quotes the Old Testament so many times we can't even name. We need to understand by reading what he's talking about. So it is very important to read and study. They go hand in hand. You cannot separate them. Yeah, no, I think that's so true. And I would say in your case, you're bringing people to that reading space. And there's all kinds of resources for, you know, Bible commentaries. We're for all those things. Uh, But again, that's why I found encouraging. And that's one of the reasons, again, the last few weeks here on the program, I've just been, I mean, this has been like the Trillia Nubel lead up episodes. You know, (laughs) we had Tim Larson talk about Christmas, but we kept talking about Trillia Nubel before we had Josh Laxon. So we're, because I think that if I could just encourage our listeners to make a decision to engage consistently the Bible in 2023, right? So I know that, you know, it's a busy time. It's still the holiday. I'm not even offended uh, if you start January 3rd, because I recognize there's going to be a holiday. You might have January 2nd. So don't be legalistically driven by the calendar, but be faithfully and fruitfully engaging God's Word. Truly, Newbell's resources is the one to help. We're going to continue our conversation with her in just a moment. Stay with us as we continue talking about reading the Bible. Hey, so we're back with my friend of many years, Shirley Newbell, and uh, we've done lots of things together, speaking at events, talking about different topics, and big fan. You can, uh, if you go to edstetsforlive.com, you can find the link to all of Trillia's resources, but her name is also easier to find, Trillia Newbell, just normal spellings, you'll find that pretty easy. I, Trillia, not Trulia, Trillia, Trillia Newbell, and she's got all kinds of resources beyond the one we're talking about today, including, my kids are a little older than this now, but I've got some friends who love some of the children's books she's recently put out as well. So you might want to check out, there were things like God's Very Good Idea, um, you can talk about her, her the the big, uh, all kinds of research. I won't go through them all because we'll run out of time. <laughs> but um, but the we're talking here about engaging the scriptures. And I'm, again, we planned the end of the year show intentionally here. So, but just a little personal about you. Do you have a favorite book of the Bible and why? Well, before I do that, I just want to say, Ed, you have been such a kind and supportive friend for many years. And I just wanted to say that because you've mentioned that. um, But, but it is, it's really amazing to be supported by, by people. um, Because I, I just wouldn't be able to continue to do the things that I do without that that love and support. So, thank you. Now sure, I can talk you want, about sister. my favorite Bible. Yeah, please do. Please <laughs> yes. do. Yes. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's that's hard. And every time someone asks me something similar, I'm like, I have no. It's like choosing a favorite kid. You who who can do it? Um, I love Isaiah and um, just the Ooh. the prophet, the prophecies. I love the book. Um, and 
I love I love Hebrews, which I've talked about already. Jesus is better and all of the um, the just faith and, and growing in that and understanding the context of our faith and theology, et cetera. I I really love Romans and um, yeah. yeah, who doesn't love Romans and Ephesians. I when I became a Christian at the age of 22, one of the first scriptures that I read um, it's very familiar to many of us. Ephesians 2, I believe, 8 through 10. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not your own doing. It's a gift of God so that no one can boast. And I just, I I had never understood the gospel, and obviously. And I, to know that it was a free gift <laughs> was amazing to me because I had all sorts of thoughts of Christians and none of them were good. And most of my thoughts about the Lord was that it was too hard. And the idea of free grace for free that I could come to his throne of grace is, is just remarkable to me. And, and then I love the, the gospel John, which I think a lot of people do. Um, but anyway, so those are my, some of my favorites. And, wow. That is the worst answer yeah. ever. I asked you your favorite <laughs> book and you went through like 17 different books. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm terrible. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Well, no, you love the Bible. I love that you love the Bible. So, um, and I love that comes through. I think in so much of your writing, and and one of the things you're kind of like uh, an accountability partner in this. You've called yourself that, in, and you got this group that's going through this as well. The people can still connect with. Uh, I when I was in, uh, I just a, uh, I guess it would be the time this plays uh, earlier this month, early in December. I was I did my last week class at Oxford. And uh, one of the students came over. His name's James Meeks, and he's a pastor in Chicago land. I think I think he's on the Moody uh, Board of Trustees, was or is. I think he still is. And um, so every day at a certain time. Now the time zones were messed up because he was in the UK with us taking this class, uh, this one week modular class that we were teaching at Oxford. Um, he has an accountability partner that every day for decades the same person is called, and they pray together, which is just fascinating to me. And, and I think, you know, admirable in so many ways. I don't have somebody like that, but you're in a sense through 52 weeks in the word, uh, 52 weeks in the word, is that too fast? You call yourself our Bible study accountability partner. Tell us, <laughs> tell us how that, how that works. Tell us more about how that works and readers would use you as an accountability partner. Yeah. Well, it's accountability really because I have daily reading and places for you to write. And so if you use this book, if you really use this resource, it really truly is a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. And so I'm cheering you on. I'm helping you. That's why that's another reason for the 52 week reflections. There are parts, times when I just say, you can do it. Let's keep going. Let's keep reading. And so that's, that's part of it. But you know, I have found out, and it's really exciting, that there are groups of people, churches, who are do using this resource, and I'm I'm just thrilled about that. So that's an extra layer of accountability. And I was talking to a lady um, a few days ago who told me that she has someone who's going to be going through it with her, and they're going to text each other every day. What a sweet cool. way. Yeah, it's so cool. And so, so yes, I'm cheering you on, but grab your church, grab your friends, grab accountability partners, grab whoever to do this with. I think that's, it's a great um, motivation and it's, it's also a great way to fellowship and be encouraged, mutually encouraged together. 
Yeah, no, so good. And I, I would say with uh, an exhortation towards that kind of accountability partner that this is, again, it's it's really great as you walk through because, you know, everybody starts resolutions. I mean, I guess everybody does, but it seems to me everyone I know starts New Year's resolutions and they're sort of faded by the time February comes around. And you don't want that when it comes to your engagement of the Word of God. We know, uh, based on research that, that I, I, I led at LifeWay Research and others have done, is that uh, the number one correlative factor to every other spiritual discipline in your life is actually reading the Bible daily. So uh, I was asked to speak a few years ago at this big uh, muckety-muck gathering of people in D.C., something called the Q Conference, and it was all these education leaders and political leaders and some religious leaders, and I was asked to talk about how do you get Christians to uh, engage more in serving the hurting, which Christians already do that at a higher level than, than any other uh, group by demographic. And and the answer was the number one way to get people to to serve the hurting was actually to have them engage the Bible daily. Matter of fact, the, mm-hmm. again, it correlates to you want to see people share their faith, have them read the Bible daily. You want to see them trust God, have them read the Bible daily. So so I felt a little bit like a broken record and, you know, in front of this these this gathering, these people, they're, they're probably like, wait a second, he's telling us to study the Bible more. Well, yeah, actually it shapes you and it changes you. But the challenge is a lot of people, they just don't have the habit and you have to, it has to become a habit. Just like, you know, we were joking about coffee. Um, so, you know, yeah. the, the, you, you have a habit of drinking coffee. I have a habit of drinking Diet Coke. Uh, how do we build habits for reading the word every day? Yes. Um, you know, we, we are habit forming habit developing people. So I want to first encourage everyone that you can, because you already have habits. (laughs) And so it's about just repeating something daily. And one of the things that I do is get up early and read. Another thing that you can do is put it in your calendar, which sounds ridiculous, but we put everything in our calendars. And so if that's what usually um, keeps you accountable to doing things, then put it in there, put it in your calendar. But it's just um, building that daily rhythm and doing it over and over and over again. And that's how we build habits. So Another thing I think is to be flexible. So if you wake up late, then maybe it's your lunch break that you read or you go for a walk and you listen. So I think that's another thing to be um, flexible in in how we engage. But to your point, I just want to add, we're not going to build a habit if we don't also see our need. And what something that you said about um, I don't remember how you said it, but but something that you you said about when you were talking at the Q conference, yeah. we are being built up one way or the other by something. <laughs> so we are being fed. We are being we are being being formed by all sorts of things. So you might we also might want to ask ourselves, what are we being formed by? And if we want to be transformed and we want to renew our minds, then we need to ask the Lord for help to engage his word, to be transformed by his word. And that's going to only happen if we're in his word. 
so good and and so clearly in scripture itself even you were recording that Romans to be transformed right not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind we got one more segment this is great stuff one more segment with Julie Newbell and stay with us because you don't want to miss we're going to press in on some practical steps when we come right back thanks Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer Live. Final segment. Just a reminder, this is a pre-recorded show. You're probably listening on New Year's Eve. Matter of fact, if you're a new listener, you can listen to this uh, program every, it's every Saturday at this time. But you can also take the time to subscribe to the podcast and you could listen to it. The technical term is asynchronously. So listen whenever you want to. Some of you are already doing that later. So let's not get legalistically bound to the idea of a calendar that has changed many times over the centuries. Uh, So January 1 does not have to be the day you begin to read the Bible through in a year's time. Uh, Matter of fact, I have read the Bible through. I started January 1 reading the Bible in a year and finished it in February of the next year. Clearly, I missed some days. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I would just encourage yes. you that, again, I was I was mentioning some research that reading your Bible daily is the number one correlative factor to every other area of spiritual growth. Um, non-research language, reading the Bible daily shapes everything else you do spiritually. So, um, and I know I, I sound old school, but if this is old school, we need to go back to school. For centuries, Christians have known that reading the Bible, or even in cultures that were what we call oral cultures who didn't read, having the Bible read, treasuring the Bible, memorizing the Bible, this is what shaped them spiritually for centuries. And in our time, when the screen has replaced the book and all these sorts of things, we can get away from that. Or we can say, thank you, Lord, that we can read the Bible on a screen if we want to. Now, again, for me, that doesn't work because notifications are not my friend. I'm easily distracted. So I read the Bible in a paper Bible without notes. All it has is words, chapters, and verses. That's all I have in it. Make notes in the side. And now Trillia has this new resource. Trillia Newbell is my guest. Her new resource is 52 Weeks in the Word. is just out. It's called A Companion for reading through the Bible in a year. And I right now give you permission to make your year a year and a month and a half, like my last time I read the Bible through starting in January was as well. Again, our book's a a reading plan, a few chapters each day, reflections once per week, prayer promptings for the scripture, uh, built-in rest and catch-up days. I need those. Uh, anyway, space for your own reflection and study. Okay, so so back to the questions of this. I kind of interested, Trillia, when, I mean, what's been your own journey of Bible reading over the years? Have you been, you know, uh, a book, reading the Bible through every year person? Have you been sort of, uh, what, what, you tell me, what's what's been your Bible reading journey over the years? Yeah. It, well, it's looked different. So I've been a Christian since 22. I'm not going to tell you my age, but <laughs> but it's that's several years of uh, following Jesus. So every year looks a little different. Um, but yes, I have, when I first became a Christian, I, I just dove deep and read as much as I could. And I used a lot of um, other resources to kind of help it and guide me. Um, and So I didn't read. I was probably jumping around, just reading whatever. And then um, and I read the Gospels a a couple of times just so I could understand who it was that I was following. And then but then from there, I would read I would spend maybe a year in a book or and then I would definitely read through the scripture. So I have done something different um, 
every year. I haven't made it a rule that I must read through the Bible every single year. Um, but those times when I have, have been refreshing and encouraging and, and it's important. And, and so, so those are, those are kind of my, my journey. I will say this because I think it's also important. There was a season where it was very difficult for me to get in the word. I have had four miscarriages and after my second um, one, I was so despondent and discouraged. And I remember opening the Bible and feeling like I was in a fog and couldn't really read very well. And and the Lord in his kindness, because I had read through the Bible before, because I'd been diving in the scriptures, I've done all sorts of Bible reading, he, he recalled scriptures to my heart and mind. And so I could, rem- I, I was reminded of things like he draws near to the brokenhearted, that he will never leave and forsake me, that suffering is momentary, that all of these scriptures that were just dear to me, um, but I hadn't been really dwelling in or sitting in, I was reminded of. And and I think that's, that's a benefit of, of reading through the scriptures and reading the Bible consistently is that it does get in you. And you're, when that fiery trial comes and you are um, you you are struggling maybe to read or to concentrate, the Lord reminds you of His character. <laughs> he reminds you of His grace, of His goodness, of His nearness, and that's what happened to me. He was so kind to do that because I had been just saturating myself in the Word when I needed Him, but my brain couldn't quite read. Um, he was there. And so, so yeah, I, I've engaged the word in so many different ways and the Lord has been so faithful and so good to me through it. Yeah. And I, I think that, that it's hard to overstate the benefits to your spiritual life. And I won't give all the stats again, but, uh, I was surprised when we did the research on kind of eight factors of discipleship, and and I won't give the whole research project here. You know, we'll do we'll put a link in the show notes too. So if you're you can go to edstetzerlive.com, you can find there a link to Trillia's book, a link to Trillia's page that lists all of her other books, a link to uh, how to engage in the Bible reading along with others. We'll put all of that there, and I'll, I'll put a link to that research on uh, Bible reading and how it impacts every other area uh, of our spiritual life as well. Um, so, you know, when, when you wrote this, you know, a lot of times authors tell me that there's something that surprised them or particularly moved them. Uh, was there a book of the Bible that surprised you or moved you particularly in a way as you wrote the book that we worth us knowing about? Yeah. Okay, so it's interesting. We always say things like— the Bible, there's a, there's a storyline of scriptures. You really need to um, understand the old to an, er, interpret the new or in, it, the old interprets the new. However, we say we always are saying things to try to encourage people to read because it all connects and we need to understand it. Well, I, I read through the scriptures and every time I come to the word of God, I learn something new. But this time, for some reason... It, it just stood out to me. So Obadiah, I mm. read Obadiah and I realized, gosh, I don't know what it's ta- what the prophet's talking about. And, and before I know I've read it before, but I found myself like, huh, all of a sudden it's talking about, I believe it was Jacob and Esau or something. And he's relating to it in the, about Israel. And, and I was so confused. And, and then I realized, oh, 
I need to read Genesis again. <laughs> So I, I, I needed to remind myself of what was going on in Genesis to fully engage in Obadiah. And it was remarkable and such a reminder that it does matter, that we really do need to read all of the scriptures to understand the scriptures. And, um, and so that to me was probably my, one of my bigger surprises is how much I, I, one, it's, I'm, I'm never surprised by how much I don't know. I always know that when I come to the scriptures, I'm going to learn. And for eternity, I'll be learning about the Lord. And so that that doesn't surprise me. But it it really surprised me because that's something that what I was driving home, read and why we need to read was proven out in my own reading. And it was really it was also really encouraging that. Um, yeah. So that that was one of the a big surprise for me. Fascinating. And I wouldn't have been what I expected you to say. So that's <laughs> fascinating. But it is, you know, the Bible is, it's 66 books with one grand overarching story. But those sub-stories, those subplots, sometimes are fascinating and, and to to dig deeper in them. Again, this is for me, though, the discipline for me to read the Bible through it a year or a year and, and a month and a half um, means that I <laughs> didn't pursue all those subplots. And I might make notes and say, look back at this later, and I take that outside of my Bible reading. Listen, we've got about a couple minutes left in the show, and I want to address two quick things. One, uh, why read the Bible with others? Because that's part of what you've been doing as well. Why read the Bible with others or follow a plan with others? Um, reading the Bible with others is only going to encourage us. Um, we we can't we live in isolation and we are individualistic. But in, if you read the scriptures over and over again, you're going to see a call to community, a call with people. So reading the Bible either with people or with accountability or fellowshipping is going to only encourage you one to keep going, but two to keep going in the faith. And that's ultimately our goal to to know Jesus, to run this race and endure to the end. Okay. Super conversation today and really an important conversation as well. So I wanted to, again, remember, I've been leading up to this for weeks on the program, not just Trilly Newbell. She's awesome. But really, this is the last day of the year when you're listening to this program. Now, some of you might listen to it later because of the podcast. But wherever you are, I'm not saying legalistically, not saying this is something that must happen on January 1, but what a great time to begin an intentional Bible engagement process strategy plan. So again, one of the ways to do that is with Trillia's book. You can still order it. It's 52 weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. If you order it now, you can start reading through Genesis and you'll get it in a couple days. But I want to encourage you to be a person of the Word to our listeners. This is something that for all of us, research has shown that Christians are not consistent in engaging the Bible. Not We're not all the same person. But let's make 2023 a year when we engage the Bible well, see the spiritual fruit that comes. Hey, thanks for listening. Courtney Young, Karen uh, Hendren, our team, thankful to you as well. Have a happy new year.